The episode that you're about to listen to is actually the first episode we officially recorded, and we were trying so hard to be incredible writers, we forgot to be incredible at pressing record. But Zoom came in the clutch with the backup recording, so it sounds just as good as every other pandemic-era podcast that was recorded that way. Anyways, just wanted to give you a heads up. With that out of the way, enjoy the Writer's Room Game Show. Do you like writing? If so, you're a liar, and I hate you. If you think writing is the worst because it's super hard and super lonely, then the Story Clock Workbook is for you. It's built for getting your raw ideas out of your head and into a loose structure so you can spend less time feeling bad about yourself and more time doing the fun, practical parts of writing, like winning awards and being famous, things that definitely happen for everyone. Learn more about the Story Clock Workbook at plotdevices.co and get 20% off your first order with code GAMESHOW at checkout. Just a reminder, we need to somehow make this quiet as well. I keep on forgetting that. That's okay. I mean, it's actually very quiet, you know, at the Walmart and <laughs> wanders off. Yeah, it's like all Walmarts, very quiet. That's what I very think of when I go to Walmart. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Seth. And welcome to the Writer's Room Game Show. It's the podcast where every week we generate an original feature film idea from scratch in under 60 minutes, working from a set of random prompts given to us by a big Hollywood studio. At the beginning of every episode, the studio assigns us, the contestants, a new project consisting of four components randomly generated by our automation wizardry, the genre, the tone, the demographic, and a studio mandate. Studio mandate is basically any random thing the studio might want. So maybe they want a dragon in the third act, regardless of whether or not it's appropriate to the genre, or maybe an executive ran into Whoopi Goldberg at dinner the other night and wants to work her into this. Whatever it is, it's our job to make it work. With our assignment in hand, we have exactly one hour to develop a feature film idea that fits the assigned criteria. That's not all. There will also be roadblocks along the way. So 30 minutes into the roadblocks. episode. Roadblocks, baby. 30 minutes into the episode, we'll receive a wild card mandate from the studio, giving us yet another creative problem to solve. Then at the end of the episode, we're forced to focus group with one of our talented filmmaker friends. We'll pitch our finished idea to the listener and ask them actual dumb focus group questions. How likely are you to see the movie? And how likely are you to recommend this movie to a friend? You get it. Of course, they're going to answer yes to both those questions because our idea will be amazing. and we're uh, great. Oscar worthy and um, all the things. Yeah, Seth, uh, you ready to jump into it? God, I'm so ready. Oh. Must be the studio calling right now. I'll, uh, I'll take it. Hello? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we're eager to dive into it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, so they emailed us. I don't know why they called. Yeah, also kind of a pointless call there. So they've sent us an email. Thank you for stalling with the phone call. The genre they've given us is martial arts. The tone should be quiet. The demographic should be adults age 60 plus. And the the studio mandate, the studio is mandating that both male and female leads need to be played by an Oscar winner from the past 10 years. Now, the wording of that is interesting. Does Oscar. that mean that both male and female leads need to be played by the same Oscar winner from the past 10 years, or they I both think, need to be Oscar winners? I think we just picked two Oscar winners. So male and All right. Two Oscar winners from the past 10 years. Interesting. Martial arts. It's quiet. quiet. I mean, that's a, that a lot of martial arts films are quiet. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and it's going to be quiet if it's for the elder, you know, I, you know, <laughs> it's got to be, um, the Oscar winner thing is interesting to me because, um, it doesn't say anything about them having to be actors because I know a guy that we love Taika Waititi is a Oscar winner technically for screenwriting. <laughs> so you want Taika Waititi to star in, a in our, martial, our martial arts film or quiet martial arts film for the elderly. hundred <laughs> percent. So that's one option. All right. That's okay, true. Let's, let's uh, well, let's maybe we should start with uh, see if our, our lead actors can inspire any, uh, uh, any story beats. So maybe Oscar, uh, what's it? Best actor Oscar winners. So we have, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins from, from this year, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, martial, I mean, martial arts doesn't have to be Eastern too. It could be you know more martial arts films than I do. So I'm going to lean heavily on you for this genre, but there, it can be, it's the tough thing about, you know, Oscars is uh, Oscars so white, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, most uh, actor and actresses are, are very white. And I and I don't know if I want to do a uh, an Eastern based, you know, Chinese martial arts movie with our very well, white. then we lean into it like then what situation would what situation would like merit, not merit, but would uh, would organically tell a story about a probably white elderly person getting mixed up into the world of martial arts. Right. And, and you know, first thing I think of is like some suburban karate studio or something like that. Yeah, totally. And, and I guess we, we have, uh, we have, did you ever watch the uh, karate kid? What's the new show? I haven't. Uh, I, I, I'm, I am, I know I'm so unqualified for this episode. This is the first episode. I know nothing. I've not, I've seen none of the karate kid films. I mean, I've seen the first one when I was a kid, a long time ago. I, uh, I didn't grow up on it. No, no, all my friends did, and I did not. So, I mean, the elderly is the the one that's throwing me off because the most most of the martial arts films I love are very like the young, the Jackie Chan like kung fu, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here's my question: Then how can we make Hong like Kong you would have made a Jackie Chan like inspired short called Pizza Time, which everyone should check out. That's starring all white dudes, and the whole joke of that that's is true. like. It's yeah. it's a Jackie Chan inspired action short because it's it's because of the the spirit and tone of it and the way that it's like the way the way that you you stage the fights in this very situational the, the thing with Jackie Chan is he's always the everyman he's he's very rarely like a trained fighter yeah. and you know there's stuff like Drunken Master the Drunken Master movies where he's specifically a fighter but most of his movies he's a regular guy with a regular you know job and he just happens to be in these situations and has to use the environment around him to get out of these situations. I know we both love those kind of movies um, and using, you know, really leaning into the, um, the normal guy who has to, you know, step up and be extraordinary in the moment of need. So, and I mean, the elderly, they still want to have fun at the movies. Like they're not. Uh, well, I also hate that we're saying 60 plus equals elderly. I don't think that that's <laughs> fair. And I'm the first one I think in this to have said the word elderly. So like, I, you know, the older, like just 60 plus, we can just say it, what it is, it's 60 plus. And I think here's what I'm getting. Like, I actually, that, that side of things doesn't trip me up. It's, it's true. I'm, I'm thinking about my dad now and he loves action movies. So, well, I'm thinking it's funny though, if we do lean them as old as we can, because that's just more, it's really interesting to me. It's somebody who has 
like the, the more physical limitations they have and the more absurd it would be that they would be doing any kind of martial arts is great. So mm-hmm. I like that too. And I do like, I'm thinking more about all my favorite martial arts movies. And I like the movies that are like based in like China centuries ago, but I think this should be rooted in something we really know in our, and we can make personal and, and make this a script that we really enjoy writing. Um, and so take Yeah taking like a person who's way too old to be in a action movie and making them. So who do we got? Who do we got? Anthony Hopkins. Who else? That's, that's most recent. Let me, I've got pulled up and an actor and it could be fun to make them female too. So I'll, I'll go through actors first. Then we'll Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, actress. So Anthony Hopkins okay. and we got Joaquin Phoenix. I, I might do a hard pass on Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Rami Malek, <laughs> um, Gary Oldman, Who's he's? I think he's sixty plus now. Yeah, um, it's great. Uh, Casey Affleck. That's a hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Matthew. Yeah, I'm Mar- not adding anybody's like talent just for this project. Oh, totally. Yeah, for this project, of course. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, which is kind of fun. Bring him out of retirement. <laughs> and then um, I actually don't know how to say this guy's last name. The last one would be uh, Jean. Uh, the Jardine, the guy from the artist, the French guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have not said his name out loud before, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, honestly, the Anthony Hopkins is like a front runner for me right now. To this, really is. All right, actresses. Okay, actress. Let me. Uh, your best actress, guys. Uh, these podcast episodes, you'll realize that a lot of this is just us googling things. Um, In fact, I think we're going to include a list of all this, the things, the search like terms that we Google for each 100%, episode. Hundred percent. Our some of our uh, previous practice episodes had some ridiculous. Um, okay, so Francis McDormand will be two of these years, um, <laughs> which is great. We go go Francis, um, Renee Zellweger, um, Olivia Coleman, which is fun. Uh, Emma Stone. Wait, Olivia Coleman. That's Olivia Coleman from. From Fleabag and uh, The Crown and The Crown. That's okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. she's great. Um, she is in Fleabag. How did I forget she was in Fleabag? Yeah, she's right, keep the, going. Uh, the stepmother. Yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> Go, keep going. Um, Emma Stone, Brie Larson, Julianne Moore, Kate Blanchett. I like Clint Pitch. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jennifer Lawrence and Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. That's like immediate. <laughs> Meryl Streep and Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, that's a, uh, that's immediate. We're going to get Oscar buzz just from, uh, just from the trailer. I, uh, I think, okay. Who, who are your faves out of those? Olivia Coleman, Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep are my favorites out of that. For sure. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And Anthony uh, Hopkins pans down. So what if our, it's hard to, I'm just imagining Anthony Hopkins in a martial arts movie right now. It's so yeah. really funny. I kind of want to put him as our protagonist, but we probably need to uh, figure out our our story. So you said something when we were talking about having, uh, you know, this older older person in a situation where they wouldn't usually be in, and they have to fight their way out somehow. Did you see uh, Nobody? I, I know of Nobody. I I, I have not watched it yet. So did God, you, according did, to this episode, I don't watch movies whatsoever, any movies at all. Did, did you know that Christopher Lloyd is in that movie? I, I, I have heard that he is. Yes. Have you heard what he does in that movie? No. <laughs> it is uh, very unexpected and incredible. And I'll just say he's, I don't want to spoil it, but he is in 
some uh, prominent action scenes. Okay. And he's and he's taking part in the action, and it's very inspiring um, for this episode because I, I mean I would consider that it's a uh, it's gun fu I guess is what you would call it. Um, yeah. <laughs> martial arts. Yeah, it's the John um, Wick era. Of- yeah, yeah. Um, but I would still consider that martial arts. So maybe we lean into sort of like a crime um, element and have a protagonist. Now I'm just sounding like uh, Pizza Time, where it's a person. Well, so here's here's the thing. Okay, so we got to talk about like those movies. No, from what I understand about Nobody, is that he is a character who has a history of uh, trained violence. Of like, uh, he has a history and training of violence. So we have to make the decision: Do we want that? Do we want to be a character who has training? If so, I would pitch that we be training that this character would have would be so far away from at this season of their life that it would in no way be the kind of thing that like, I never want to see it fully come back to the character. Like I want, I want the character to very like have not done it in a very long time. I'm retired. Yes. And like <laughs> the image of someone's like, I'm retired and then pulling back and seeing them in a, in the, a, a situation that you would see normally see a, a normal human being. That's not, you know, John Rambo in, of retirement like i'm trying to think of what that would be like in the nursing home or something like that um but i guess what i'm getting at is i either want them to have really great training that was like that is feels like it was a hundred years ago and we're never going to see them back in a hundred percent or i don't want them to have any training i want them to have been like a karate teacher or something like yeah and the thing is too at that age there's not that much like learning and training that you really at that point, you're not going to be able to retain that much, you know, <laughs> at yeah. least thinking Anthony Hopkins. It's not yeah. like he goes through like martial arts training. He's not going to become a master at uh, whatever age he's at right now. So I think it makes more sense to have them le- learn this uh, martial arts training. All right. So they learned it a long time ago. So are they dropped? So here's the question. Why are they in whatever situation that this, our story is? Uh, is it because they... Does it have anything to do with their training or is it, or is it just the wrong place, wrong time? Is it, is it a reckoning story or a wrong place, wrong time story? It's easy for me to get like tropey and, and just start thinking about my previous. I mean, those are, that's tropey is a good, a good yeah. place to start. And we can, we can take that tropiness and just invert it. Well, I guess other things I'm thinking there's like, what do they do for a living? Like, are they a grocery store bagger? Are they? Yeah. 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 And I guess it's, it's probably good to, to think about the, the theme of where you want to take your story too, because a lot of these sort of uh, I'm retired stories is like them trying to have like the one last time where they could prove themselves or it's the opposite where they get dragged back into it and they like, they, they want to get out and they have to use what they've learned to like get back to where they want to be, which is retired. <laughs> you know, it's uh, one, it's one or the other sort of, but I like that since they're older, it could be fun to, Maybe I'm thinking about Fast and the Furious too, but uh, the idea of family and uh, like, I like the idea of this, usually like a John Wick kind of person that they have like this really dark life and they've lost a lot of, they've lost their wife and their dog and their family. It could be fun if it's like, this is just like a loving, like a grandfather and he like is really enjoying his life and he's this great dad and great grandfather and stuff, but he gets wrapped up in this dark situation and has to like dig into his dark past to find well, it. Yeah. I and mean, something also just hit me as you were talking is like our demo is 60 plus. That doesn't mean 
Because I was starting to get my head in the headspace to make something starring a 60 plus actor that was for me. But that's not what we're doing. We're making something like Space Cowboys here. Or, you know what I mean? We're really supposed to be making something. My dad loves John Wick. Well, yeah, yeah. But my dad really loves Red. That's like Red Red and Red 2 are like, that's his kind of movie. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we can make with this. Yeah. But with Anthony Hopkins instead of Bruce Willis. We could, I mean, we can, the thing is that the mandate just says we have to use those actors from. Uh, yeah, and the leads. Oh, leads. It does say leads. Okay. I was going to say we could pair them with, you know, a younger guy. Like in, in red, is there any young people or is it all like middle-aged? I think they're the bad guys. Like Carl, I remember something where Carl Urban's fighting somebody in, in the first one, in the trailer. So it's the boomers versus the, the younger people. It's basically. Yeah. Gotcha. I think so. And I don't necessarily think that that means that's what we want to make, but. And martial arts, I mean, for martial arts movies, for me, it's mostly just there, there needs to be a good amount of hand to hand combat in addition to the. Yeah, is that what makes concept. it a martial arts movie? Like, what makes it a martial yeah, arts movie? I mean, movie? martial, because there's so many subgenres under martial arts. Like, there's like Kung Fu or uh, uh, Hong Kong martial arts movies, which is like the very classic, like um, Jackie Chan in the 80s and 90s where it's like very clear hand-to-hand combat, like fights, not a ton of guns, but there's so many subgenres under that. So according to Wikipedia, the term martial art has become associated with the fighting arts of East Asia. Although it originally referred to the combat systems of systems of Europe as early as the 1550s. The term is derived from Latin and means art of Mars, the Roman God of war. Some authors have argued that fighting arts or fighting systems would be more appropriate on the basis that many martial arts were never martial in the sense of being used or created by professional warriors. I feel like there's contemporary martial arts movies too, that that, that article might not be talking about. Um, the point is it's really what people are looking for is hand-to-hand combat and some kind of using some kind of like fighting arts of some kind. That's not just like, Brunt for it's not just like Mel Gibson and whoever that dude was in Lethal Weapon shirtless <laughs> punching each other and wrestling in the rain. There's yeah. got to be some actual like artistry to the fights. Definitely. Um, Definitely. It comes with a specific kind of training. Man. Okay. So, but we've, we're, we're onto something. Let's keep talking about this, uh, this older guy. Cause I mean, he could, I think, I think we still have a, an older lead and, and pair them with some more trained you know, a partner or some sort of person that is going to be bringing a lot more of that real martial arts, you know, feel to the film. I just got the worst idea ever. (laughs) You have to say it then. It's bad. Like I I want, when I say it, I want everyone to know that this idea is going to come off insensitive. It's going to come off. Yeah. I, I have, I have relatives with what I'm about to talk about and I do not and want it all to seem like I'm insensitive to this whatsoever. So if there is a sensitive way to tell this story, it might actually be cool. What if our main character has Alzheimer's? Like what if our main character does not remember, like remember their, like you always deal with this. You tell these stories all the time of like main characters who've lost, you know, born like born identity. Like what if you, what if we made the born identity a Jason Bourne story, but the reason the character doesn't remember who they are, their training is because of their age. And is there a way to actually tell a story about Alzheimer's, about dementia, like in a way that is actually touching in the end that is very sensitive. Um, Whitney, Whitney has some Alzheimer's like loss in her family. And it's definitely a very sad, like it's incredibly sad, but I've never seen something that can also um, have a 
like lighthearted, but still touching on. Yeah, like, the, I, that's the, the problem is like, there's no way to market it in a way it doesn't it. appear insensitive. It completely would, Even it would be completely reliant on the, the what? Even if it has a great message by the end, it would be tough to. It's entirely journey dependent. Off. Yeah, it's journey dependent. So like, you, there's no way to like market it and be like, but it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially uh, yeah. if it's like 60 plus is the demo. And it's like, they're the people that are losing their parents to Alzheimer's and even maybe having some. See, I told you it was a bad idea. I pitched it as a bad idea. Um, But it's, but it's really interesting. I mean, I like the idea of, because I think me and you both want to make movies that have heart and that have like a good message as in, in addition to being, you know, badass and especially like a martial arts film, if we can make a badass martial arts film that also has like this touching message by the end. I just think, I mean, that this year I've just been thinking about the Mitchells versus the Machines a ton because it's like that movie has so much heart, but it also has so much, you know, everything. And like, it's a... Uh, no, it's the whole Lord Miller. All, I feel like uh, Lord Miller could go make a movie about, a martial arts movie about Alzheimer's and it would be great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of, I don't know about you, Seth, but I like the idea of this guy having a family and and it would be nice to not just have him be retired in a, in a nursing home at the start of his jersey like journey maybe it's like if he has a job if it's like a if he the, the walmart what is the guy at the front that says the greeter like a walmart greeter <laughs> uh, yeah oh greeter's great that's way better than grocery bagger um cuz it's like uh i just i feel like they're all old oh maybe- well what if they keep he's he has a job all right, let's talk about this. Thematically, does not want to settle down, does not want to like, does not like sitting still, doesn't want, maybe it's a character who has this job for whatever is, whatever is driving him to have this job also drives him to not accept that he, like, to not stand at the greeter station at the front where he's supposed to be, where he's assigned. Like he always wanders off and goes and does actual labor. Yeah. And he keeps getting in trouble because he's supposed to just stand there and greet people. And he keeps seeing issues or problems that need to be cleaned up or fixed. And he goes and maybe does those things instead of greeting. Maybe he wants to be, we're still, I'm, it's, this is still, um, I, God, I've got to make, it's so funny. I'm like fighting it being broad. Like I'm like trying to make it. And it's got to be quiet too. That's the tough part too. Oh God. It's a quiet martial arts movie. (laughs) Uh, 60 plus. But the thing, but the thing about quiet too is, do we get away with it being quiet in the parts that there's not fights going? Because the fights kind of need to be, to an extent, like they're loud and in general, it's a martial arts movie. I don't know how to. There's uh there's stuff like uh the Wong Kar Wai film. Uh, what was it? Grandmaster. Did you ever see Grandmaster? No. Remember, I haven't seen movies according to this episode. <laughs> okay. There's like there are quiet uh, martial arts films, but that's like very poetic and. I just don't know if we we make those kind of movies. How much time uh, do we have, by the way? We have seven minutes before we have another wild card. Uh, okay. Maybe the wild card will be the plot to the yeah, movie. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But I mean, Broad's not bad per se. I think it's just uh, how do we elevate it and make it something that's... Is, no, is Broad is good. We need trouble. Broad. I'm yeah, saying yeah. I'm having trouble. I'm fighting it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need it to uh, be Broad for 60 plus, I think. Um, well, I say that. I'm just thinking like... Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking my the 60 plus people I know, and they they only go see the biggest mainstream movies. So um, they do, however, really like like I got my dad into Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He loves that stuff. If it's something compelling, starring an actor like Anthony Hopkins, and 
it's a compelling enough story and there's action in it. Uh, the good news is the very few things that it takes to get my dad, like to get someone like my, my dad or that demographic yeah. to watch a movie or to be into a movie. The good news is that means that we only need to have those things in it and then we can do what we want with it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do we want to do with it? I think I'm, I'm dancing around these areas of this, of this particular assignment that I don't know very well and I'm afraid to dive into. But I think, okay, so martial arts movies, for the broadness of it, I mean, we can... Well, I, it doesn't have to be a kung fu film. Like, I think that's what's in my head. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, martial arts can... Yeah. I think just action, an action film where it's primarily hand-to-hand with a little bit of other kind of... Like, there's chase scenes. There's, you know, there's all sorts of things. Like, it doesn't need to just be kung fu. Okay, how about this? Let's contain it. Let's, let's, let's make this a little easy on ourselves. Let's trap some people in a building. Uh, where there are no, they don't have any guns to operate off of. Let's figure out what a situation like this would be. If it's in the Walmart, a hundred percent, it's in the Walmart. Like five hundred percent is in the Walmart. You have props. You have all sorts of fun things because you know department store like that. You've got food. You've got uh, furniture. You've got toys. You've got all this. So stuff. our film is called The Greeter, right? That's what it's going to be called. Greeter, like the accountant. Yeah. And it's, and it's Anthony Hopkins, the creator who has this martial arts background, hasn't used it in forever. And so he's not like, he's oh got to God. unlock that part of his, his memory that he, um, that's so long ago. I mean, is he the thing? Okay. We should figure this out too. Is it a hostage? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, hostage situation. I kind of like that. Yeah, um, is it a hostage situation yeah. in the Walmart? Like, and what yeah. would that hostage situation be that could prolong it to be a two hour film? they don't expect they don't expect him to be the hero he's the oldest guy there he's the he's a kind old greeter um, and he's not say, at the front by the way because he keeps wandering off like that's the thing that keeps getting you know talked about is he keeps wandering off to go fix things no one asks him to fix because he doesn't want to stand around and just talk to people he wants to be useful being useful is the theme of the story like that is the theme of this movie you just hit it bro you just hit it okay so him being a greeter and him having this um, martial arts background, him knowing, um, you know, how to fight. To me, the most natural one seems like a war veteran, but I don't know if I want to, what war would he, Anthony Hopkins be fighting in? Yeah, and would know martial arts. Yeah, the martial arts. Uh, the martial arts, the great martial arts war. of <laughs> Yeah. But he doesn't need to be like this trained, like... He's a fighter in that he has um, training in boot camp and he's fought in these wars and stuff. Well, I don't know. That's like, do they train you in any kind of martial arts? <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, so it's like, where, what could he, and I'm fine if he just trained and like when he came back, like I'm fine if he came back from a war and took karate classes, like, yeah. I, I'm, you know, yeah, I wherever they are, is we should figure important. out what that story is. Yeah. And he just goes to like the nearest Cobra Kai Academy and, and, and well, yeah, I mean, if that's yeah. what it is, yeah. you know, no, great. No, totally. Um, so we are, um, about 25 seconds away from our, our wild card. I say, we just, uh, we just get our studio mandate right now. They're emailing me right now. Here it comes. You've got mail. The <laughs> oh god, the I'm studio needs the film to contain a big blue beam in the sky at the climax. Oh no. Okay, so big, right. big blue beam in the sky. Um, but the, you got to have the big trailer moment. So Walmart happens to have a lot of big TVs. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the studio would be very happy about that. 
Picture this, you're a director. You've got a shoot coming up, and one night, you're rereading the script, and suddenly, they hit you. Shot ideas. Close-ups, medium close-ups, dare I say extreme close-ups. But what are you gonna do? The shoot isn't for several days. How will you remember them for that long? Then, you remember something you bought after hearing an ad for it on a podcast that you absolutely love and share with every one of your friends. And you think, that thing that I bought from listening to that podcast just might be what I need. So you throw open a drawer and there it is, the storyboard workbook from Plot Devices. You turn to the first blank board in the board section and you sketch those shot ideas real fast so you remember them. And you're terrible at drawing, but you know that doesn't matter because you're not really Scott and everyone in your life knows it. But one thing you are good at is being practical. That's why you flip to the setups section and start sketching a possible lighting floor plan for the day of the shoot. Using the provided gear list section, you jot down a list of lights you know you'll want to request to be put on the truck. And now, not only are you ready to communicate your vision, you're also ready to execute it. So when the day of the shoot finally arrives, you can arrive to find the location is on fire, but you have to shoot anyway, so you just wing it with the confidence of knowing you did the best you could. And if it sucks, it definitely won't be for lack of trying. Learn more about the storyboard workbook at plotdevices.co and get 20% off your first order with code GAMESHOW at checkout. We've got some some juices flowing. we got the greeter, which is our old man protagonist is a greeter at Walmart. We come to learn he has this job. He doesn't need this job. He has this job because he, he wants these? to remain useful and he's afraid of what's, you know, he's afraid of a... Uh, obsolescence of you know all these things like and he one of the ways we see this uh externalized is in his inability to perform the roles of being the greeter at this walmart like when we're saying walmart it can be whatever kind of superstore we decide it needs to be um just a reminder we need to somehow make this quiet as well i keep on forgetting that that's okay Uh, i mean it's actually very quiet you know at the walmart and <laughs> wanders off. <laughs> yes, like all Walmart's very quiet. That's what I, very that's quiet. I think of when I go to Walmart. You uh, know what we do have? We do have a hearing aid that he could have and that we can frequently use, yes. you so, know, to have turned off or have come out or something. Maybe it's like fidgety and maybe he's not able to, like, is there a way that we could have that be part quiet, of the story? Quiet place universe. Yeah, in a quiet <laughs> no, place. I, I do love that. I, I, I kind of like that a lot. Um, and uh, the thing is, we can also establish some um, some home life before it doesn't need to like start and end at this Walmart. I don't think. I mean, that could be a cool concept to die hard it and like have him. You know, where we get up in the morning. Oh, we just started off. I love when the movies do though. You start up with him waking up in the morning at his house. We probably never see this house again until maybe the third act. Because if we have Kate Blanchett. As a daughter, or maybe a uh, yeah, uh, um, or she's the cop out, one of the cops outside who she's the I always say Carl, but it's uh, Al. Is it? Oh no, Carl Winslow is the yeah, actor I get him confused with his other classic role. So, um, villains take people hostage. What do they want? They want money. Why would you rob Walmart over like any anywhere else you could rob? Take people hostage in. Um, yeah, there need to be something specific about this Walmart, I guess. What I do like that you pointed out is like the idea, the that period of time in you know the first act or the first half of act two where you you're in the hostage situation but or in mid robbery but the outside world doesn't know and like the cops don't know yet and mm-hmm. so like they close the store mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of what this situation would be where there would be this elaborate robbery, like diehard, you know, Hans Gruber-esque robbery <laughs> super of a supercenter. And there has to be something else going on to the supercenter. And there, so can that can that play to the big blue beam in the sky? Can there be we forgot about the big blue beam? Can well can there oh be gosh. Can there be a uh Okay, we talked to we we like talking about Home Alone 3 and how the uh the first two movies they're just burglars and then suddenly in this third movie there's terrorists that are trying to get the yeah. super ship that are um uh that are Are you pitching that we do that? <laughs> no, I I just think it's funny that it's like we have a big blue beam in the sky now so now our our hostage takers are like uh have to be taking something that's going to contribute to a laser beam shooting into the sky. Live free or um, die hard is similar as well. It's like, you can't just be a hostage situation. It's got to be some kind of political nuclear, nuclear world, like, yeah. Yeah. Societal thing. Is there something underneath the Walmart, some abandoned the big blue beam They just had to throw it with the quiet martial arts film for 60 plus. <laughs> I mean, it could be a device, you know, that, uh, these, Robbers are trying. Does, is there a non-sci-fi way to do a big blue beam in the sky? I don't know if there is. Well, but it was like a Stop red, sci-fi. like, you know, red would do like a, a, that kind of a movie would, would easily do. There's a, a satellite centric weapon that can focus it, in the, on. The beam doesn't have to necessarily be, maybe it could be like a reflection of some sort. Maybe it can be like a harnessed, like death ray, like a, whatchamacallit death ray, the Mythbusters. Uh, death ray. That sounds pretty. It's the millions of mirrors that oh, all yeah, reflect yeah, yeah. the sun into one. Because there could be a, a mirror section at Superstore. No, no, no. It doesn't have to emanate from Walmart. It can emanate. That's true. Beaminate. That's true. Yes. Do it. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. Beaminate's a real um, word. Okay. Well, yeah. Our hostages. So we have we have 13 minutes to come up with our idea. Um, so. Um, I don't know. I think we've got enough to where our person, whoever would go see this movie. I, like, I feel like I feel like this is enough to get greenlit. I mean, it's not at all. But if we actually had Anthony Hopkins attached to be in a martial arts film set in a Walmart that was like diehard without guns in a Walmart. I don't know what studio would pass on that. I, me either. Dumb ones. So, okay. Kate, Kate Blanchett. She's in this as well. Uh, I kind of like her as the cop. Don't you? Like, yeah, as, like Yes, totally. Okay, so she's the cop outside. We start at his house. Um, is she his daughter? Ooh, familial relationship there. I like that. It gives her a little bit more. She knows her dad's there because he's the greeter. Is it know? more of a personal thing? Yeah. I, I, I like that because then she knows someone on the inside and she has a little bit more of a, who knows, maybe she's also, she grew up. He was the, oh, he was the uh, the dojo. He was like the leader of the dojo and she like grew up doing karate as well. <laughs> <laughs> so she's gonna go in there and uh, martial arts her way out um i like that he was an old karate teacher that's really funny to me though that like he and this all started with uh him. it's just so small and fun like the idea that he's not like trained in martial arts he's just i mean he is yeah. but he's not trained in the way that you expect the hero of a martial arts film to be yeah and i, I like that it feels a little bit smaller it's not like he's a past war hero or he's john wick where he used to be a he just the guy really it's a very normal guy so but he knows yeah. how to he's probably a good teacher too and he's probably because you want to see it's you want him how to fun. like how does 
go ahead. How fun would it be if it's like sort of an ensemble thing where it's not just him on the inside? Like he's kind of he has starts to gather this group of random. It has to be an ensemble sort of because if it's in a Walmart with a staff, hundred percent. Yeah, it has to be these characters so that maybe, kind of. There's a few employees that we see in the first act that he interacts with that maybe can be part of the you know martial arts thing, and then maybe a few um, people that are shopping at Walmart. And I like the idea of it just sort of being in the middle of the day as well. I mean, I guess it could yeah, be third cool. act at night for sure. Yeah, we're we're past closing time at the by the end of the film. Actually, no, we'd be past closing time. We'd be middle. Hmm. I guess would this happen where it naturally closes, but people are inside? Because yeah, I guess the ori- our original idea is they they come past closing because there's not as many people there. Yeah, and if they do that, he's working the night shift. That also, I'm th- seeing in the image in the trailers like a guy getting up. As it's like everyone's leaving, coming home from work or whatever. It's the end of the day. He's waking up. He's having a cup of coffee or whatever. But then, and he's with him, him being a greeter. Do they in the middle of the night? Like, yeah, have greeters. Like, You're right. Because I was going to say, is this like a 24 hour <laughs> superstore? I, I it's mean, a Christmas day. Uh oh. People, is it Thanksgiving day? Thanksgiving day is when it is. It's got to yes, be Thanksgiving. Need, That's more interesting. Day. Yes. And we, we, can, we can add to the list of great Thanksgiving movies because there's not enough of them. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And, that, and it's quiet because nobody's... Is that Walmart. the only one? Thanks, planes, trains, and automobiles? The only good Thanksgiving movie? Uh, Mr. Fox feels like Thanksgiving. Definitely. Um, I made a list last year. There's uh, Adam's Family Values, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Which is the Thanksgiving counterpart to the, uh, the Halloween original. But there aren't enough. I think it's the there underrated... It's yes. the underrated holiday and the underrated holiday film. I agree. And it's quiet in there. In the Walmart because not as many people are there. Exactly. And that's why they would target it for that day. Totally. And it's a big deal that he's at work and not with his family. Like, where is his family? Why is he not? Why is he working instead of, I like that he insists he has to work. He has to work. These are the hours. No one was going to do it. And it's like, it's just a Walmart dad. You don't have to. Like- and Kate, Kate Blanchett is taking that day off um, as well. And she's the, the works for a local, you know, PD. And uh, when she hears what's going down, I like we've made her mayor of East Town. <laughs> she, totally, she totally is. Her name's Miriam. Um, <laughs> she hears, you know, maybe through chatter or something while she's with the family, what's going down at Walmart and suits up and goes down there or something. I like the idea of it. Uh, it the quiet film aspect is like we're maybe cross cutting a little bit too between Walmart and a family uh, Thanksgiving dinner or something. Grandpa is is not there for the big day and everyone's sort of sad about it. Oh, that's kind of fun. Thanksgiving. I think we cut there when we, when we introduce Kate, she'd enter uh, and at the beginning of act two, she'd be our, she's our B story. Yeah. Totally. And I think we'd find her at uh, like, you know, we have people ask him at work, like there's no one you want to, you know, wanted to be with on Thanksgiving. So-and-so mm-hmm. says no. And then when the hostage situation happens, yada, yada, yada. Once and, the, he's, and he's when the hostage situation happens, he's in the back or something. They they haven't found him at first. I think we had let him sort of discover yeah. the hostage situation and have to go through and figure out a plan for how he's going to save everybody. So maybe he calls his daughter. Love that. And that's when we meet her. And it's at like at home Thanksgiving dinner, et cetera, et cetera. That's awesome. We can see. Yeah. Yeah. She gets the call and maybe she... Is there something where she doesn't believe it? No, she believes. Like, I guess. What if they don't have the greatest relationship right now, though? And she doesn't pick up. Ooh, baby. Ooh. 
because then there's something by the end we we can have a little bit of character change a little character growth there and they uh i mean he's not there of course she doesn't pick up like he yeah like he he chose work over family just like he always does just like he always does and he always did <laughs> um and because he he can't not be useful he can't so and so so and so that's essentially what it is like See, I love that theme, and I feel like we, off that theme, we can write a lot. We okay. can figure out a lot of character stuff. What I and that's why I got, I got to figure out like what's the inverse of that, or yeah, I the think complement of that with our bad guys. Totally, and I think he needs to learn by the end of his story that it's not all just about being useful. And that your value is not in how useful you are. Yes, and I think yes, that's totally. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what's the the uh, the the foil of that for for the bad guys? Um, and it can as be a foil. It can be like a complementary parallel thing. Like, what is? How can our bad guys be thematically in parallel to that? Not that they have to be, but it just it's a nice place to draw from. Totally. And we still need to figure out how or what they what they want and why this big blue beam happened. Well, for that's the question is for this pitch. Like, you know, our focus group is going to decide whether it's enough. Um, it's true. It's very true. It's just uh, the studio. You know they're they're breathing down our backs about this big blue beam, Seth. Big blue beam. That's definitely going to be the biggest challenge here. You know what? We have about five minutes until our focus group. We probably should at least talk about a little set piece um, to make it martial arts. To kind okay. of they fight each other in an aisle. He fights a guy in <laughs> an aisle. The thing is, uh, we get uh, one of those. We get one like this is yeah. the, quiet, the, the quiet part. I know we've got the the hearing aid, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we can play from his, you know, point of view, kind of jump into the almost like a uh, baby driver, the uh, yeah, the tinnitus, the tinnitus kind of thing. Uh, what if we also played up the like the big ball pits that they have at these WalMarts? The kids always grab the balls out of and play. Oh uh, yeah, those huge things uh, <laughs> and tons of stuffed animals as well. Yeah, stuffed animals. Like it'd be really funny to have a pillows uh, bedding, <laughs> bedding a martial arts um, fight scene. Oh, and they probably don't have much of these anymore, but they used to have like the aisles of like TVs and cameras that were set up and the cameras were hooked up to the TVs so you could see what they were filming. I don't, mm-hmm. they don't probably don't have that stuff anymore, but we could still, I mean, you can still put that in a movie. Why not? It's uh, like, so how could you use those? That's not playing with the quiet idea of it, but like how you could use those cameras to like, I don't know, to like, and, you know, there can be there can be like a audio and video section of the superstore where there all the cameras are plugged into the TVs as well, so you can set up like a uh, a uh, he sets up a system where he's like monitoring the uh, the hostage takers to uh I don't know that's just kind of a fun side bit but so we have our we have our opening we have sort of the gist of the the character and what the theme is the story the ending does he live at the end. Well, at least I think he should have this moment with his daughter where he, he learns his lesson and, and you have a sweet Thanksgiving moment. They've got to have Thanksgiving dinner. It's got to be some like shitty food from yes. like, yeah, they've got to be like hiding in an aisle or something like that and eat some, some shitty Thanksgiving dinner together. Yes, totally. Maybe right before the big blue beam, uh, the, the, the countdown timer is going and they're just sitting in the aisle eating their frozen dinner. That's literally frozen from the freezer. Um, okay you know how we work that big blue beam in he's an old guy like we've written him as an old guy he's gonna be crotchety about stuff my i remember i loved comedians and cars getting coffee carl reiner has this thing where he talks about he and mel brooks would watch movies together and they had a god rest in peace carl reiner 
Jerry Seinfeld asked him what kind of movies he and Mel like to watch. And he said, we like any movie where a character says, secure the perimeter or <laughs> try to get some rest. Any movie where a character says any of those two things, we're, we're very into. And so I think, I like the idea of like, if there's movies playing in this section, you know, the back in, in the super center, like Superstore, he can complain about why is there, and people have said this before, this is like a comedy act somewhere. Like, why is there a big blue ble- blue beam yeah, yeah, yeah. in the sky? I forget what this is in that somebody complained about this, but why is there, you know, why is there I a big portal? Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Why is there a portal that opens or why is there a big blue beam? And I think it might be Seinfeld that talks about it. Maybe Seinfeld, that Time might be to Seinfeld. Pitch your movie. Like, why is there, he can talk about that. And so then we can actually create a, we can get away with the big blue beam in the third act if he's specifically complained about it and we create an artificial one as some kind of distraction or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Love that. The thing is that, you know, the quiet thing throws us for a loop, but I think if as long as we have that moment and we sort of are playing it meta a little bit, uh, it can make sense in the story world of the of the film, especially if it's, you know, it's it's, I mean, typically it's at the big, third act you know that's our timer we are initiating focus group seth are you ready to pitch this thing let's do it She's the co-founder of Bet Red Stories and a producer of films like Swallow, Bowl, the 2021 Sundance hits Wild Indian and Cusp, as well as the documentary Pray Away, which actually just played Tribeca Film Festival. So let's welcome Katie Drake Bettner to the show. Welcome, Katie. Hi, guys. Hooray. Okay, so Katie, we'll just dive right into it. We came up with a pretty awesome film that we like to think, Uh, (laughs) and it's called The Greeter. And I'm just going to hand it off to Seth to kind of give it an introduction, then I'll jump back in. Thanks, Ryan. I'm fully prepared for you to hand it off to me. So um, this film is about a, sorry, without giving the assignment, it's actually really hard to give you the context of how to jump into this pitch. So our film, we have, as you know, probably we have Anthony Hopkins um, attached to this project. Very excited about it to play the lead. This is a a film about a greeter at a Walmart-esque supercenter who essentially it's like a diehard in a Walmart on Thanksgiving Day if John McClane were uh, at retirement age, like post-retirement age. I'm retired. Literally. The, the whole idea here is that... Um, Anthony Hopkins plays this character who we see him get up in the morning. He lives alone. He goes to work. Uh, we get uh, context clues, tell us that it's Thanksgiving day and that he's going into work um, and where he works as a greeter at this Walmart type store. And we quickly see he does a lot of things he doesn't need to do like this job, for instance, uh, because he uh, wants needs to feel useful. He doesn't, if he doesn't feel useful, he doesn't feel well, let's let's not even talk about what he feels instead. The idea is that he constantly is driven by this need to be useful. And so even as a greeter at this job, he's constantly wandering off and not doing this job because he can't stand to stand around and just say hi to people. He sees things that need to be fixed, things need to be cleaned up throughout the store. So he's constantly wandering off throughout the store and having to be brought back to that front. So when a team of bad guys who, I'm going to be totally honest, we haven't fully figured out and fleshed out who the villains in this story are. But just know, they're very bad. (laughs) They are 
um, a team of uh, burglars, robbers, something where they come in and they've got this massive elaborate plan where it's Thanksgiving day. They know not many people are going to be coming to the store, so they can get away with closing the store, making it appear closed for the day. Um, And when they arrive, our main character is not at his post at at the front of the store. He is off somewhere where like John McClane and Die Hard is able to, you know, get away, you know, undetected by our bad guys. He has a, I believe we established Ryan jump in. If I'm getting this stuff wrong, he has a military history. Yes, he has a military history way back, and he actually, uh, when he got out of the military, he he owned a uh, karate dojo, and um, he actually, and this is a local small town, um, he kind of knows everybody in the town, and he uh, was the karate teacher, and when his daughter was very young, she got into karate as well, and it was kind of this, you know, fun thing, they did it as a family, and they, um, she grew up doing karate uh, before she graduated high school, went to college, and joined the police force in their local town. And um, we'll, we'll cut back to the, um, our, our story here. Well, so she's the first person that he calls when yes. he detects something's going on. And she is at Thanksgiving. She's off work. Uh, and she doesn't pick up. Let's just say uh, their, their relationship has, has gotten dicey over the years uh, because he typically chooses work over family. He likes to do his job. Even, even as he's retired, he he wants to just get back in there and he doesn't want to feel like he's getting too old to do things he used to do. So, so our goal with these two characters, with the story is to bring these two characters together for a Thanksgiving meal, even if it is in a, in the back of a Walmart eating kind bars. Like the idea is to take these two estranged, this father and daughter, she's the head of police. So she has a force that's already going to naturally intersect her with this uh, the conflict at hand, the situation. And to be completely honest, I think that is the, that is everything we have. I the rest of it's still much to be figured out and decided. We've got some ideas about how her being uh, part of the police force, she eventually hears chatter of, of what's going on at this local superstore, suits up and heads down there to basically, she, she knows the greeter inside there. She knows that uh, she's got a try to come up with a plan to, to get him out and save, save her father. And, and uh, so we've got this, you know, on the, the A story, which is this um, hostage situation that he's trying to get out of and the B story, which is our um, father daughter relationship and that kind of coming together. And we would love to try to figure out a way for those, those to sort of merge in our second and third act. And I think that's the meat of the story though, is the tension between the two of them and how the two of them end up working together. So do you consider this a a family? We consider it um, a martial arts film for ages 60 plus starring Anthony. Ah, That is, that is very quiet. Yeah, It's very quiet. It's more quieter than the average uh, martial (laughs) arts film. So we're, so we're talking a um, art house. Sort of it. Honestly, I think it could very easily. We would, I believe, it would be marketed to an audience that would see the red, you know, red and red too, like those mo- mm-hmm. kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tony is great, but Helen Mirren is still hot. Like Helen Mirren is a hundred percent still hot. They, so yeah, unfortunately, she may not match the criteria that was given to right, us okay, by the studio, yeah. which is the. Uh, Oscar winners in the past 10 years. Uh, right. Okay. Having That's a male and female. Very specific. But However, we, now- did we look at supporting actors and actresses, Ryan? We actually didn't. We, we should have because. Did we, Helen Mirren yeah, win an a lot more Oscar in the last 10 years? No. I don't think so. But we would have had a, yeah. a much more diverse set of uh, actors. Yeah, we would have. If we, right. if we looked at supporting. I mean, we, I, I do like Anthony Hopkins. 
Kate Blanchett plays his daughter. Um, yes. Forgot to mention that. Yes. Oh, both of them have to have won. Yes. yes. Okay. The studios get this weird, weirdly particular. Oh, really bizarre. <laughs> very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And, will, yeah. Very sometimes borderline inappropriate mandate. Um, <laughs> so the questions uh, we have for you, um, mm-hmm. first question would be, um, would you see this film? Uh, well, I mean, okay. I love Anthony Hopkins. Um. I really like Die Hard. So that was a good sales point. Like Die Hard. I hate Walmart. So if the villains could actually be the Walton family, I would probably be more into it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> because I hadn't it, thought about that. That's good. Yeah. Like, like this, if they could be super villains, maybe like um, Bezos level super villains, I Walton's Bezos, any Musk, any of those guys, I could, be into it, it as long as so have, have it more be about like the, our, our corporate overlords right or, or the like as long as there's blood involved um it could almost be not to interrupt you but it could also be what's the uh the soderbergh the like ocean 7-eleven what was that call it was the logan lucky love yeah, it yeah logan yeah. lucky it could almost be those are our hostage yeah. takers yeah. trying to rob from the jeff bezos uh, totally but then they get stuck with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, and we're all and we're caught in the middle. Yeah. Um, I like I like the the family piece. I think that is um is really interesting. Would I see it if my dad wanted me to go see it with him? I would. Would your dad want to go see it? That's a, probably a more important question here, actually. Would my dad want to go see considering it? Considering our demo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he would. So we want I mean, you and your dad. Perfect. I would I would go see it with my dad. Um, and be delightfully really surprised. Depends, I mean, is it comedic? The, so yeah, I guess I didn't finish the thought earlier. Is that I think it yeah. would fall in a Venn diagram to where like it would we it would be probably better marketed toward our dads, and then uh-huh. we would be delightfully surprised by it. Or we would, or the yes. other way around, we would love it and be like, Dad, you've got to watch this. You'd actually would love this. Yeah. What was the one that just came out? Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to remember it, but it's Better Call Saul guy. Oh, nobody. No. Yeah, we mentioned Nobody, that right? while we were coming totally up. Totally came home from that movie and was like, Dad, you have to go see the movie. You would yeah. love yeah. that movie. So it's a good um, comp. That good one comp was, yeah, that one definitely was what I was thinking of when I was listening to the pitch um, was, was nobody. I was like, okay, you know, family, That's- you know, interesting, uh, you know, indie, but still, you know, kind of exciting action. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. And that was one of our references for Anthony yeah. Hopkins in this. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I thought it was good. I, yeah, I mean, I would, um, I think you, you went to, to see nobody. Really, you watched nobody then. I did. Yeah. I think you, you have to be really, um, and you know, that's where your partnerships come in. You have to know what else is coming out that weekend, uh, for this. But, um, but I do think that the, that the 60 plus demographic is really good for in-person theater post-vaccination, um, because people of a certain age still really love being in a theater. I am 42 and I love being in a theater like a 60 year old would love being in a theater. (laughs) Like that's, I have a problem. Um, and so, so I would. Um, you know, I also think that there's probably a lot of people who would, who would watch it on a streaming service for sure. 
So love it. That's love an it. excellent answer. So our, our 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 final question, which I think I think you might know the answer. Would you recommend this movie? Which you said you would recommend to your dad? Would you recommend? Yeah, to I would friend? recommend it to my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's a hard one. You have no idea. Right. We were so, terrified. You didn't hear. Technically, the studio is not going to be super happy with it because our wild our wild card mandate that we got thirty minutes mm-hmm. in was that it needed to require a big big blue beam from the sky. At the end, but we well, the way we figured out how to do that, and tell us what you think of this, <laughs> is if is if I'm sorry, but this like, is really this is very realistic, by the right? Way. Yeah, we are. Like, right. And like, so you have the whole thing packaged, everything's ready, and they're like, but but big blue beam, we need an alien. But I, I, yeah, but I actually love our blue beam. So the idea yeah. is that he would be. We have him comment on how because in the Walmart they play those play movies on the screens mm-hmm. in the back, and he can comment on how every movie just has a big blue beam in the sky at the end. Like whatever happened to movies where characters said secure the perimeter and try to get some rest. Like that's all I need in a movie. Yeah. And then we somehow create an artificial blue beam at the end to distract the bad guys or something like that. It inspires. <laughs> some tactic in the third act, which nice. we can make work. Yeah. It kind of creates some meta commentary, the little comedy there. I don't know yeah. how it's quiet in tone, but we'll, uh, we'll His hearing aid is off. That's what we yeah, decided. Hearing <laughs> aid. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really, I would like to offline talk to you about how you got Anthony Hopkins attached uh, <laughs> because I tried to, to get in touch with him for a movie and, it even fits within his wheelhouse and it was not uh, easy. So I would love well, he, information. He was very, exci- he was very excited about the opportunity to stretch his martial arts muscles uh, for this totally. one. He doesn't get uh, to use them very often. Shirtless. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen. He keeps wanting that's, to, and we're I, actually trying to con- heard that. talk him down. Yeah. I've heard that. He, he actually, he requested the white tank top from, from Die Hard to be yes, one of the whole He's like, so. I'm going to rock that. Yeah. But like a loose one, like a loose, like Florida tank top, not like a wife beater. Florida. <laughs> the Writer's Room Game Show with Seth Worley and me, Ryan Polly. Executive produced by Grant Wakefield at Weekend Video and Ann Fogarty at Plot Devices. Our art is by the incomparable Meg Lewis and our incredible music is by Ben Worley. The Writer's Room Game Show is a Weekend Video production in association with Plot Devices. Learn more about Weekend Video at weekend.video and don't forget to check out writersroomgame.show to listen to all of our episodes and keep in touch. And while you're at it, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show out a lot. See you on the next one. Whoa, this song is cool, said everyone. Well, that's because this music and all the other music under ads in this episode was provided by MusicBet. They've got an insane selection of music that filmmakers and creators can license. And Seth and I personally use them on a ton of our personal and commercial projects. Anyways, check out the link in the show notes to start your subscription and get unlimited music for your next masterpiece. It's the end of the podcast, and you know that these things just end in ads, and yet you're still listening. So I can only assume one thing, which is that you've fallen asleep, and now I'm in your dreams once again. Here's what's going to happen. Whenever you hear the word podcast, you're going to feel the unavoidable urge to go to plotdevices.co and order any of our cool storytelling products, like the Story Clock Workbook for turning your ideas into stories, or the Storyboard Workbook for drawing your shot ideas and planning your shoot. And you're going to be sure to use the code GAMESHOW to get 20% off your first order. Now, when I snap my fingers, you will wake up. Podcast, podcast.